Yes, today I'm honored to be joined by the one and only ESPN College basketball analyst, Joe Lenardi. Joe, what's going on? John, it must be basketball season. It's getting cold out, getting dark early. Got to love it. Yes, no better time of the year. <laughs> None. Yes, like I said, welcome back. Um, yes, it's time for you. Also, time for you to bracketology again. Yeah, I'm doing it every week now, and a bunch of things going on, broadcasting some games, uh, updating the network with numbers every day, seeing some of the graphics start to run on the screen during games. So uh, I guess I can't disappear now until April. <laughs> yes, it was great to connect with you and um, you and Matt on the sidelines at um, St. Joe's game. It's great to be back with the fans again also. Oh, for sure. Uh, y- you know, uh I'm still waiting for that first electric crowd. You know, I haven't had a, been at one of those, you know, bursting at the seams games yet. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've all missed it, no doubt. Definitely. Well, St. Louis has Penn coming up tomorrow night. That might be a good on join for the crowd also. I mean, it's a good yeah, I think, it's a, I, I think it's a big week for, for, for my Hawks. Uh, if if you will, you know, they, they're four and four. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe that doesn't sound like much, but, you know, they won five games last year and six the year before total. Right. Right. Uh, so, y- you know, a chance to, to equal or better those numbers just in non-conference play and to get a couple of uh, big five home games this week, Penn and Temple, uh, right. very big week for St. Joe's. Definitely. One thing I noticed about St. Jude's, I had the pleasure of covering the team. I covered Phil Montelli's last season. What I found out when I was there, I was like, oh, my God. But, I mean, I've covered the team since then. Couldn't cover last year because of the COVID. But, I mean, one thing I noticed about this team, that they never quit. Either up 10 or down 10. When they left, they stay on go, no matter who's. Yeah, they just they, – they, you're right. They, they just keep playing. Uh, they don't seem particularly affected – by the score or the time in the game. Right. Uh, and, and I think for the most part, that's probably a good thing. Uh, you, you know, there might be some situational awareness things if they get in close games, but, you know, they they did make plays down the stretch to Georgetown the week before last out right. at the Wooden event in Anaheim. Uh, I think that was a good sign. You know, the opener, you might have seen they kind of blew the bulk of a lead, but then made a big shot late to beat Eastern Shore. Right. Uh, you, you know, weren't able to make plays down the stretch against Drexel. Uh, but, you know, their, their record in close games, like most teams, is, is probably going to dictate whether or not they have a winning season. Yeah. Um, you've done great covers of the Hawks and still do. Um, how's it working with um, Matt Martucci now? Because you two make a great team together. I'll be watching well, guys from I, the I appreciate you guys that. Just, you guys are like a natural fit for each other. John, I have to say, you know, I, I've worked uh, – well, I've worked with a number of partners over the years, but three right. regular ones at St. Joe's, Ken Solovic, who, who broke me in, right. uh, Tom McCarthy for six years, uh, you know, including the the magical Jameer Nelson senior year back in 2004. Wow. Obviously, I was holding Tom back uh, 
you know, from bigger and better things. But I've done the most games now, I think, I think with Matt Martucci. And um, the best thing I can say about him is I've never punched him. He's never <laughs> punched me. And he's like my little brother. That's and I love thing. him. That's a good thing. You guys' chemistry is crazy. I love it. I love it. Yes, you're from the Philadelphia area. Um, when you started your career, did you think you would be um, at the alma mater calling games and being so close with the with the university? Well, I certainly never anticipated that that I would end up working for the university for thirty two or thirty three years, whatever it was. Right. Uh, you, you know, I worked in a non athletics administrative role uh, for the bulk of those years from 1987 until 2019, if my math is right. right. And uh, that's a really long time. <laughs> right. And, and, and uh, I, I would do it again. The people I worked with, the people right. I worked for, uh, it, but, but I have to say this is now my one, two, third year of, of kind of doing basketball full-time, right. and that's kind of been a dream come true. Um, you, you know, to, to reach a stage in your life where you can kind of choose what you want to do yes. instead of, 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 of worrying about, you know, the mortgage as much right. or, you know, putting the kids through school, uh, et, et cetera. Uh, not, right. I don't regret any of those things, but – the fact right. that the kids are now 27 and 24 and kind of on their own right. is not terrible. <laughs> yes, um, every, every, well, in March, we had um, all the breakfast breaking back out again. I mean, every year, a breakfast soda all around the country. And you did everyone a favor. You made a, you um, wrote a great book, Breakfastology. Tell everybody about that book, that they need to go get it also. <laughs> well, thanks, John. Um, yeah, that was <laughs> – I believe a lot in, in the law of unintended consequences. Right. <laughs> and 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 the the book was an unintended consequence of COVID. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, some folks have been after me for a while, some serious, some not. Oh, right. do a book. You got to tell the story, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it, it, it wasn't so much a matter of modesty. Uh, no one's ever accused me of that. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess I always felt that, you know, because I was a writer for a long time and an editor for a long time right. in my other lives, I, I guess I felt that, like, I, I was supposed to be the storyteller, not the subject of the story. Right. And I, I honestly did not believe that people would care about a book about me. Right. Like, like that they would read that. Like I wouldn't read a book about me, but <laughs> y you know, I had a great co-author Dave Smale out of Kansas city. He wore me down. Uh, COVID presented, you know, a pretty large chunk of time that had never right. existed for a lot of people. Right. Right. Definitely. And uh, uh, he convinced me that it wouldn't be about me. It would more be me talking about things that I loved. 
episode. And 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 then you know got into the project in that spring and summer and into the fall when we were all twiddling our thumbs. Right. Uh, and 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 here we are. Now, you know, it was it, it, it was it was kind of a pre-release last year on March the second. You know, for the for the tournament, right. uh, we we didn't know we were going to have a tournament for sure, right? Until kind of the last minute. Uh, but now doing a full release here for this season, and and certainly uh, for the, we'd like to thank for the college basketball fan on your list to go to triumphbooks.com or Amazon.com. Uh, I'm told that people like it. Yes. It's a great book. You did a great job, as usual, as usual. Um, there's, a lot of great, there's a lot of great storylines this year. I mean, one is it's good and bad at the same time as Coach K's last season. I mean, but the top five, the top ten, I mean, there's been a lot of upsets already. And we all know about your perfect season where you pick all 65 teams to get in. Do you think this the way this season is playing out is going to be hard for you to do it again this year? Well, you know the the I I could go on and on, John, about you know well if my analysis is right and 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 my algorithm and the numbers and the this and the that. Right. The truth of the matter is, at the very end of the line, picking the last few teams in the field, it's pretty much luck. Um. Uh, because the difference between team 67 or 68 or 69, what have yeah. you, really isn't that great. Right. Uh, and, you know, the question of how many teams can win it all, you know, and really be elite in March into April, you know, that's separate from right. the, the, the bubble. And, yeah. you know, everybody said every year, I can't wait. It should be any time now you know, a month or so into January. Oh, right. Joe, isn't the bubble bad? Like every year it's someone. And and I guess my answer to that is the bubble is what it always is and certainly what it will be again after the right. first of the year, and that is flawed, inconsistent teams yeah. that are good sometimes right. and not good other times. <laughs> right. Because if they were good all the time, but they wouldn't be on the bubble. True. And uh, so, so you know, very rarely will there be a selection cycle, and I'll go at the end of it, uh, you know, like that team that they picked, 67 or 68, yeah. is flat out wrong and doesn't belong. Like there's good and bad to all those resumes at that point. Right. And maybe two or three times in 25 years, I've thought that they totally screwed up yeah, and just mis misread what was right in front of them. Now, sometimes maybe they pick as Team 68 the team that I have 71. Right. Right? Okay. Now, can we argue about that? Yes. Is that team or teams likely to win the national championship? Certainly not. But it's great conversation, and it's what people want to talk about, and certainly there's a lot riding on every selection, on every seed, Uh, not just money, but but the professional, you know, kind of trajectory of coaches and administrators and conference officials, media, et cetera. 
and you know that's why two years ago, in part, why losing the tournament was such a monkey wrench, right. and why it was so great to have it back. Right. Um, the, the NCAA's last team minute could be also the, the equivalent to the NBA's new play-in rule because yes. the, the tenth team in, they always really don't belong there. They're gonna play the one seed anyway and basically get beat. Because a, a lot of people can say if it wasn't if the tournament wasn't there, they wouldn't be in anyway. That can be fair from nine through ten. So. I mean, and we all know organized, it's organized chaos in March. I love it. I can think of a better time of the year than March Madness. I'm glad the tournament is coming back. I cannot wait. <laughs> and it's coming to Philly. Oh, I got to see about that. Yes, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, the East, uh, Penn is the host of the East Regional at the Wells Fargo Center. So that's the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8, if I'm not mistaken. And the last time it was here... I believe Carolina emerged. Okay. That was 2016. Uh, everybody thought that, that Villanova was going to be one of the one or two seeds here in Philly. Right. Instead, everybody got all hissy that they went to the South region. Right. And, man, it really hurt them because all they did was win a national championship. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I was at um, the Villanova game the other day. I saw you guys. I didn't get a chance to come down. But I noticed one thing that threw you guys off was shooting. That was a bad shooting percentage. And one guy in particular on Taylor Funk had a bad shooting game. If a few of his threes had went in early, it would have kept the game closer. And who knows what happened in the second half. I did notice that. Yeah, and I mean, look, Villanova hasn't done what it's done in the last 10 years by not being able to read a scouting report. Right. And... <laughs> You know, not not only did Taylor miss some shots, he missed all of his shots. And I would argue that that was bad, but that he got so few of them was yeah. really the story. And, you know, it's like anything else. When you're not getting the opportunity in hockey, which I played, we would say, oh, you squeeze the stick a little tighter. Right. When, uh, you know, when you're not getting chances or, 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 or you're not going in. And, right. and that's what happened to – to Taylor, and, you know, look, he's an older guy. He's been through the wars. Right. Uh, I'm sure Hawk fans and Taylor himself feel like uh, getting a couple games back home on Hawk Hill this week, uh, right. you know, he, he, he should bounce back. Definitely. Looking forward to seeing you guys tomorrow night. I'll be there. <laughs> Definitely. Me too. Definitely. And when, when we're done this, I'm, I'm going to start doing my pen prep. I watched uh, – I did not see the Penn Temple game on – Saturday live. Okay. Those are the Hawks' next two opponents, and Matt and my next two broadcasts. Okay. So you know, I I tape. Well, we say tape, right? It's all digital now. I recorded it, right? And and I watched about half of it uh, at lunchtime today. Uh, you, you know, I never used to fall out of touch with Temple because they were in our league. Right. I saw them all the time. Right. And and you know. And last year, of course, nobody played Penn because they didn't play. Right. Uh, so exactly. I felt a little disoriented learning some new guys. Definitely. Um, we didn't talk about Mark Madness and NCAA without talking about one only Dick Vitale. I had the pleasure of having him on NBA panel like five times, and he's so humble and just he's a, he's a cool guy and a great conversation. Of course, you all know he's very knowledgeable about the game. He talked about what Dick brings to the, the NCAA. He's like, He's like NCAA himself. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it's funny because one of the 
thrills in, in my work with ESPN is I, I've gotten to know Dick more than casually in the last right. few years. Uh, you, you know, when he's got games at the end of the year that involve bubble teams, he'll call. Right. He, he does his homework. Um, you know, there was a time when, you know, let's be honest, when you're as public a figure, yeah. you, you, you're, there's people that aren't going to like you. Right. And a lot of people thought he was all stick for a long time, and they got tired of the act. And I think what has happened is people have come to realize that it's not an act. Right. No, and what I've realized is, like, he's just the genuine article. Like, no offense, but he doesn't have to come on the NBA panel. Well, Exactly. And he's right. more welcomely five, like five times. No and problem, and, and like, like, you know, if if you send something to his house, you will get it autographed in return. All that he wants is that you'll do the best you can to support right. cancer research for kids. Yes. And he's gotten it right 44 million times. Yes, sir. And that's why the whole college basketball community is supporting him now. Yes. And, and you know, until his last breath, and let's all hope that it's 10 or 20 years from now, yes. he's going to want to be courtside because that's where he gets his energy. That's where his identity is based. Yes. And I love him for that. Uh, and the fact that, you know, he'll see me and I'll go, Lenardi, bracketology, on. <laughs> so then, how can you not like right? that? How can you not like that? Yes, yes. He just makes heard, people feel good. I heard that in his voice. I heard that in his voice. <laughs> yes. Oh. I heard that in his voice. That's great. You've got to know him on a personal level. That's great. And I'm honored that I get to know him over the phone. I haven't, get, haven't yeah. gotten to meet him yet. Got one I get to meet him for some time with him. He's just short, but... It's, it's a pleasure having more on the times you've been on. Also, you yourself. It's the second time coming on. It's an honor having you on also. Always. Well, John, I appreciate that being asked. Appreciate you. Um, I'm going to get um, on. It's a busy day. You know, you have some guys hiding to do. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you for coming on again. And thanks for your time again. You got it. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, John. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, that was ESPN College Basketball Analyst Joe Lenardi once again. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time. You got it.